In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Would all the children and teens up through the 10th grade please come forward. <laughs> diamond is? Yes. Can you buy one for like a nickel? No. no. <laughs> what do they cost? Like thousands. Like thousands of dollars? A million dollars? A million dollars? Yeah, not a million, just thousands? Yes. Well, I'll tell you, let me tell you this. The, the South Africa had a, had a diamond field that where lots of diamonds were, were found. And, and, and there was a little boy who was playing by a, a stream one day. And this was at the very beginning when they were just first finding diamonds in South Africa. And, and so he found a shiny stone right by the water and he picked it up and he took it home and he put it on his shelf because it was so pretty. Well, weeks and weeks and weeks later, a peddler came by showing all the stuff that he had to sell to see if anybody in the house wanted to buy something. And he, and he saw that really shiny object on the shelf and he said, uh, how much would you sell that for to the mother? And the mother said, oh, it's not mine. It belongs to, the, to my boy. And so he asked the boy, what if I gave you this little carton of toy soldiers worth, you know, 25 toys. cents or whatever and, and traded it for it? And the toys? boy said, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Toys? Yeah, toys, uh-huh, like toy soldiers. And you have your toy right here too, yes. I see that. And so he took the... And so the, the peddler, he took that, 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 that diamond, that beautiful stone, and he sold it at a diamond show in Cape Town, South Africa, for $125,000. That little boy gave something big to that man to take and sell. Now, the boy didn't get anything. The boy got some wonderful toy soldiers for it, didn't he? Toys? Yeah, toy soldiers. <laughs> toy soldiers. No, the, the boy didn't know, did he? Yeah. Well, and the little boy in the, in the gospel story today, I mean, he wasn't actually in today's gospel, but in the other gospel readings that tells the same story, there's a little boy who gives the fish and the bread. Fish? Uh-huh, fish and bread, both, yes. Yeah, you don't like fish? No. You like bread? No. Yes, you do. You like bread. No. Oh, he doesn't no. like bread? You like cookies? No. Okay, I do. So, um... <laughs> you love cookies. And so the little boy, he had a little bit for all these 5,000 plus, probably 8,000 people there. And he had like five loaves of bread and two fish. And he said, I, I'll, I'll give it to you, to the disciples and Jesus. And Jesus took it and made lots and lots to where everybody ate and they had 12 baskets full left over. Took a little, like that little bitty diamond that the little boy didn't even know was worth anything. And the guy sold it for $125,000. Yeah. And so this, uh, uh, and this little boy, 
This little boy gave five loaves and two fish. He didn't think that it would amount to anything, but it fed everybody there. Jesus can do great things. With, with even the little things, Jesus can do great things. Always trust and depend on Jesus. Okay? Okay? Thank you for coming forward. If you want to get, you can get a packet. You, if you want to get a packet, you can color right over here and then go back and sit with your parents, your mama. Okay? And your mom and dad. Thank you, ma'am. There was a very, very wealthy man who went to his pastor one day and he said, I, I, I want you and your wife to take a three-month trip to the Holy Land at my expense. And when you come back, I will have a huge surprise for you. Well, the pastor accepted the offer. He and his wife went off to the Holy Land, had a great time. Three months later, they returned and they were met by this very wealthy parishioner who told them that while they were gone, he had constructed a brand new church. He said, it's the finest building money can buy, Pastor. No expense was spared. And he was indeed right. It was a magnificent edifice, inside, outside. However, there was one striking difference. There was only one pew in the whole church, and it was in the very back. The pastor asked a church with only one pew. The rich man said, oh, you wait, wait till Sunday, you'll see. When the time came for the Sunday service, the early arrivals, they entered the church, and they filed into the one and only pew, and they sat down. And when the pew was full, a switch clicked silently, a circuit closed, the gears meshed, a belt moved, and automatically the rear pew began moving forward. When it reached the front of the church, it came to a stop. And at the same time, another empty pew came up from below at the back, and more people sat down. And so it continued, pews filling and moving forward until finally the church was full from front to back and the pastor said, wonderful, this is marvelous. Well, the service began. The pastor started to preach the sermon. He eagerly launched into his text, became so involved that he soon lost track of all time. When 12 o'clock came around, he was still going strong with no end in sight. Suddenly, a bell rang and a trap door in the floor behind the pulpit opened up, abruptly ending the pastor's sermon. And the congregation said, wonderful, this is marvelous. Yeah, that is the end of it. But I thought it was kind of <laughs> kind of cute. So on to the gospel reading. When I hear the story of the feeding of the 5,000, I'm reminded about the man who was packing a shipment of food for the people, the poor people in Appalachia. And he was separating all the different kinds of cans of beans, of powdered milk, of vegetables, even of meats. 
And reaching into a box filled with various cans, he pulled out a little brown paper sack. And apparently one of the students at the local school had brought something different from the items on the suggested list. And out of the paper bag fell a peanut butter sandwich and an apple and a cookie. And written in large letters was a little girl's name, Christy, room 104. She had given up her lunch for some hungry person. Christy sounds like a pretty neat little girl, doesn't she? And my guess is that the young lad who offered the five loaves and the two fish was a pretty neat youngster as well, willing to give up his meal as he did. You know, there's really a whole lot that we could talk about in today's text. This story is the only miracle to be recorded in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so the writers must have thought it to be tremendously important. We could discuss miracles in general. We could talk about why such crowds would want to traipse around the countryside after Jesus. We could talk about Jesus' compassion, his willingness to give up his much-needed quiet time after the murder of his cousin, John the Baptist. We could talk about our role in God's work. After all, Jesus gave the food to the disciples, and the disciples distributed distributed it to the crowd. Or we could simply focus on the generosity and the unselfishness of that one little boy who gave the loaves and the fish. So yes, there are a number of sermons in here. Maybe I'll just give them all since there is no trap door right here. Wonderful, marvelous. Now I want to focus this morning on the menu and precisely how little there was. Five loaves, two fish. Not enough. Not enough for hungry people. Listen again to the disciples. Lord, it is late. Send the crowds away to get some supper. Jesus said, no, they can stay. You give them something to eat. And the disciples say, what, Lord? We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish, and that's not enough for anything. We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. That is the response of the ages when people feel overwhelmed by the world around them. It is the response of the parents who is worried about their child. The child has so many peers who exert so much pressure and the child is with those peers at school and at playtime way more than he is with the parent. There are so many influences, so many temptations that child faces. And so parents who are hungry for answers, they ask, what are we to do? We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. It is the response of the small business owner in the face of a changing economy. How can he compete with the huge chain store or internet store 
that has just opened that advertises 20,000 items under one roof. He's hungry for answers about how he can keep his little family-owned store open. After all, he doesn't have 20,000 anything. All he has here are five loaves and two fish. It is the response of the employee whose boss makes life miserable and never has a good word for anyone. In fact, there are things going on around the office that probably ought not be going on. Business ethics has become an oxymoron. Should you blow the whistle? Well, feel free to if you don't want a job anymore. So what do you do? Good jobs are scarce to come by. The bills, they keep coming in. The kids still have college to be paid for. So a worker hungry for the chance to do the right thing says there's nothing here but five loaves and two fish. It is the, the response of the spouse who is desperately trying to make a go of a troubled marriage and who grows weary of being the only partner working on the relationship. He's still around some, but not enough. And when he is there, his mind is somewhere else. Hungry for a rekindling of the passion, she is left with saying sadly, there's nothing here but five loaves and two fish. It is the response of the youngster who finds life on campus so demanding that he or she no longer knows how to cope. Lord, we have nothing here. Five loaves, two fish. You know, our diet might be the one of the psalmist when he complained in Psalm 42, my tears have been my food day and night. It might be the response any of us offer when life seems overwhelming. And we just know that our resources are not enough to deal with it. We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. What are we to do? Certainly that was the response of the disciples. When 5,000 men plus women and children followed Jesus into the wilderness, 5,000 plus, they had come to listen to Jesus' words, his teachings to feel his healing touch, to, to be near something or someone very special. And now the story says the hour has grown late, time for supper, and the crowd was hungry. There was no way to buy food for so large a crowd. It would have taken an equivalent of six to eight months' pay to have done so. That was a bundle and surely it was more cash than the disciples ever had on them at any given time. And anyway, the HEBs and the Judean Kroger stores were all closed, and there were no McDonald's and Burger Kings in Bethsaida. They were all down in Jerusalem. So Jesus said to the twelve, you give them something to eat. I mean, Jesus always seems to be asking more of us than we have to give as spouses, as parents, as students, as workers. He calls us to love even when loving is difficult. He calls us to forgive even when we are the ones who have been wronged. 
He calls us to stand fast and firm on our principles, even when it means standing alone. And those things are not easy to do. After all, we are not Jesus. And our powers are not unlimited as were his powers. We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. But fortunately for the twelve, and for us, the story does not end there. With Jesus asking what was seemingly impossible and then just kind of wandering off into the desert, leaving them stranded, that's not what happened. Jesus said, you give them something to eat. And the disciples answered, how? We, we, we have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And then Jesus said softly, bring them here to me. And he looked up to heaven and he blessed and he broke the bread and he gave it to the disciples and the disciples gave it to the crowd. I hope that sounds familiar to you because that's what we do right here every Sunday. We look up to heaven, we bless the bread, we break the bread, we give it to the disciples and the disciples give it to the congregation. And then the Bible says everyone ate and they were all filled and there were 12 basketfuls left over. Now here's the good news for you moms and dads and grandparents and who find yourselves wondering, do I have what it takes to handle these kids, these grandkids today? And the answer is no, absolutely no. You do not have what it takes at best, in the face of overwhelming odds, we have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. But we have a friend who whispers to us, bring them to me. Bring them to me, your skills and your weaknesses as parents, your strengths and fears, your children and their futures. Bring them to me and I will make you adequate for the task at hand. And that is the good news for spouses in troubled marriages who are facing tough decisions and for students who always feel as though they are swimming upstream and for people of conscience who feel called to take a risky stance on some issue. I mean, what is one person anyway? Well, listen to this. When accompanied by Jesus, one person is always a majority. When accompanied by Jesus, one person is always a majority. Jesus says to all of us, bring them to me, your hopes, your dreams, your convictions. Bring them to me, your burdens, your challenges, your responsibilities. All, most of you know that over the past four, five, six weeks, we've had a lot of changes around here. And with change comes opportunities and challenges, but also problems and conflicts. And for the last four to six weeks, there's been a lot of stress in our lives, in my life. And I, have, I prayed for all of those particular circumstances, six, seven, eight particular circumstances um, to the Lord, day and night, literally. And I would picture myself after praying, just emptying them into the Lord's hands and the Lord taking them and receiving them. 
And then I would get confused and be stressed all over again. And I would say, okay, Lord, I gave them to you and I give them to you again. Happened many times. The Lord answers prayers. The Lord is doing wonderful things with all that stress, with all these conflicts, because the Lord's in charge. He's the one who can take five loaves and two fish and make it into wonderful things. He took the paltry lunch bag from a little boy and he fed the multitudes near Bethsaida. And he can do it again even with the meager resources in our lunch bags. When life gets the best of us, perhaps it is often because we focus too much on how little we can do and too little on how much Christ can do. What I have and what you have, what anyone who is hungry for help has is the invitation to call on someone who knows what to do. When life seems too big and you feel too small, someone is close who can do what you cannot do. Someone who can right the wrongs, someone who can heal the hurt, someone who can love the unlovely, someone who can scale the mountains, someone who can take my little handful of loaves and fish and turn them into a feast. However little I may possess in terms of talent or resources, Jesus whispers, bring them to me. And with him, my little becomes a lot. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.